0: We're safe now. How did I
1: find you? I'm just lucky, I guess.
0: Unlike you, my little friend.
2: Episode two twenty six, of full sit. I am the mic pilot, and with me are my co hosts that do so much work and so many things without me because it's been a busy time. Holly Fry and Brian Young, and um, guys, thank you for the last few shows. They're amazing, good good content, good, good listen. I know a lot of people contact me and said, I don't even know why Brian and Holly need you on this damn show. So no, no one, one would ever that. say that. I said it. I emailed myself. I said, I don't know why, <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not fishing for compliments. I'm just being listen. a goof.
3: We're going to have to start calling you Droopy McCool if you keep doing that.
2: That's cool. That's cool with me. So today, we actually have a special treat. Brian, do you want to set people up with what you have done for us this
3: week? Yeah, so we're going to kick off with an interview with Brad Rau. He's someone who uh, has not been very public about uh, interviews necessarily uh, in the world of Star Wars yet. So I think we've got our, the first big public interview with Brad Rau. And uh, awesome. he is the supervising director of Star Wars Forces of Destiny, but he also cut his teeth in Star Wars working on Rebels with Dave Filoni. So uh, nice. the Siege of Lothal, which gave us those amazing moments of like probably some of the scariest Darth Vader uh, we've seen on screen.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He directed those. He directed uh, some, he, I think he directed five episodes of, of Rebels Season 2 and every one of his episodes was a home run. And uh, so he, he got to talk to us about that and about Forces of Destiny. And uh, if you're wondering, like, Rao, Brad Rao, why does that name sound familiar? Well, think about Fen Rao. <laughs> and we get to talk, we talk in the interview about how, uh, how Filoni came up with the name of Fen Rao. And it certainly has something to do with Brad.
2: That's really really cool. So if you guys are ready, let's let's play that interview and uh, and listen.
3: My first question is, uh, how did you get into Star Wars in the first place? I mean, as a fan years ago, not necessarily into making it.
1: Ooh, that is the story. That's the real story. That's great. Um, so the way the story goes, when I was um, when Star Wars came out, I was only two, so I didn't see it in the theater. But when Empire came out was a pretty big deal. So my brother and I, my brother's a couple years older than me. Um, our mom took us to see, took us to the theater. We, we didn't even know what it was, hadn't seen any commercials or anything like that, but we did go by Burger King to get the fateful, um, empire strikes back glasses. So we each had a glass with, with uh, Yoda on it and we had no idea what, what this was. Um, we saw the movie and I mean, it's, I mean, this story is, is A similar story that a lot of creators have told and and just fans in general that it kind of changed our lives. It sort of changed everything we were doing. Um, Afterwards going home and and playing Star Wars and getting as many figures as we could and standing in line at Toys R Us to get Yoda when that figure finally came out and everything that went into it, we were were just obsessed with it and it's been like that kind of forever. I mean we uh, uh, my brother and I, we've always stayed close um, and have been collectors of you know not only the original kinder line but the 90s line the hasbro power of the force 2 and watch the movies way too many times and uh i talk about it all the time we're just huge huge fans so for me um getting a chance to ever even think about working on star wars is like kind of come in full circle creatively so I, I just i truly love it
3: well i mean you got to i mean it sounds like your first experience with darth vader was empire and yes, you got to direct some of the scariest Vader stuff in *Siege of Lothal.
1: Yes, it was it was awesome. So, um, I've known my pal Dave Filoni for a long time, um, and when in the around 2004, I had started animation studio, and I might be getting ahead of some of this storytelling, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna dive in there. We were. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a couple of my, my pals, uh, Alan Lau, Ra- Rocky Balesteros, we started Ghostbot Animation Studio in the early uh, 2000, 2004. Um, and right around that time, we, we were getting to know Dave. And when he was setting up the Clone Wars um, crew in the early days, uh, I got a chance to go up to the ranch, um, which was the first time I'd ever been to Skywalker Ranch. And so as a fan, you know, just getting a call from Lucasfilm to go up and meet the, you know, the, the new director of, of the animated series was really a big thrill and getting a chance to geek out with Dave. And, um, I think I, I think I said something stupid like, uh, uh when he asked me similar question, you're asking me how I know about Star Wars. I think I said, I was pretty much raised by uncle Owen and Amber. <laughs> and, uh, so we, we just dorked out. It was really fun. And since we had started our animation studio, I wasn't able to, to work with Dave it was one of my early career regrets that I didn't get a chance to work with him on Clone Wars, but Over the years, um, we've always stayed in touch and tried to find a way to work together as, as, um, you know, creators and as studios. And when rebel season two came around, um, Dave and Athena Portillo, a producer on rebels were talking to us at GoSpot about trying to find a way to team up. And I just couldn't say no anymore. So I, I sort of loaned myself out to work with Dave for a year, um, on rebels. And when I got there, I was. I was just loving it it was way too cool had my own you know had my own batch to be there at the facility and everything It was really really fantastic and um first day sat down got my script siege of lothal I had no idea what it was um opened it up and the first first word at the top of the page was darth vader i had to close the script for a moment like this sounds kind of this sounds like i'm overdoing but literally i had to close the script for a minute take a deep breath like wow this is going to be both incredibly intimidating and amazingly exciting and it was it was so fun um and the whole time uh working with my amazing story story crew and the whole story story team there and definitely with dave getting um you know getting to learn the ropes of star wars and how star wars is filmed and hearing all the things that over the years he was learning from george lucas and all this stuff as a as a fan was blowing my mind and as a creator was just like amazing cinematography 101 and getting a chance to um, to do some lightsaber duels with Vader was was just beyond amazing. It was really cool. So sorry for the long answer to that. No, I, I quick appreciate question, the long but it's a, there's a lot there. There's a lot to
3: talk about. Um so with with Rebels, you got to do Rebels, but then you got to kind of move over and do uh, Forces of Destiny and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of questions about Forces of Destiny. Um Oh yeah. So we've got the first half of it now that we've seen that that's, that's been announced. Um, yes, that's correct. And, uh, it's really fun. How, oh,
1: that's awesome. Thanks, Brian.
3: How, um, awesome. how did, how did, how did this come about? Like what, I mean, why YouTube? That's not necessarily something people would think like, you know what? Star Wars belongs on YouTube. Like where, <laughs> where, right. where did that small storytelling idea come from and, and why, why was that choice made? And then, how did you get involved in all of that?
1: Ooh, those are all amazing questions. Um, I so yes, Forces of Destiny is so great. When um, when I was still working on Rebels, and I and I because we have so much stuff going on at Ghostbot, I could only um, afford to peel myself away from from what we're doing here for for a year just to work on season two, and got to work on some really great episodes over there, and had had a blast. And um, it was it was tough peeling away, but when I did, I was always talking to Dave that, Hey, we got to do more stuff. And, and he's, you know, he's always dreaming up new things. And so we were always trying to find a way to, to, um, you know, to reunite, to do something. And, and so for me to be able to involve our studio in a project when I, when we first started talking about forces of destiny was just crazy. It was like the best of, of both worlds. Cause we're a primarily 2d studio here at Ghostbot, So, you know, there was, um, you know, having a chance to do 2D Star Wars and to be so involved with the creation of it and the design and, and just the whole production with, um, with Dave and Jackie Lopez and the team at Lucasfilm and with Carrie Beck and Josh Rhymes as well, like to get, to get in there and really work with them, um, was just amazing. So when, when we heard about it, that there, there was going to be these stories, one of the, one of the big things that was really appealing to me was the fact that, um, not necessarily the length or the format or where they were going to be, but that we were going to be really keen on the character um, morality. We were going to be keen on choices and decision-making. And it's like, as much as, you know, as much as I want to have Darth Vader fighting Ezra and Kanan every day, because it's so fun, it's really the kind of storytelling you don't usually get to do in any kind of animation where you're really focusing on the actual morals. So, so for me, that was a really big deal. And I, you know, I'm such a fan of, all the different Star Wars characters, um, to know that we were going to do an anthology that took place over the different timelines, over different eras, and that it wasn't going to be some kind of social construct conceit or something that was a, an alternate dimension that we were going to actually tell stories in the Star Wars timeline was, was crazy. It was so, so great. So, um, I think the length of them, I know, you know, the fact that in the fall there are going to be, um, specials on TV, which are going to showcase, we were asking about the, the first half versus the, the last half. The first half have come out as shorts and the rest of them will all be part of specials that will be on Disney Channel, which is really cool. Um, and I, I think the way it went, I'm trying to remember specifically, it was, it was sort of a chicken and egg thing where to have um, an anthology series that could cover different timelines, but then to be able to break them into individual shorts and play them on different you know, different places like YouTube, where fans, you know, like my kids don't really watch TV that much. They watch a lot of YouTube. They're teenagers, um, and I know there was a thought to to try and expand, you know, the people that the, the the audience that are that are looking at at this this content. So I think it was kind of a natural progression. But I know, it, you know, even as a fan myself, it is, you know, like wait, wait a minute, what's going on? These are going to be on YouTube. That's that's new. That's a new thing. But I think that's the cool thing about Lucasfilm and Disney and and everything that they're doing with the franchise is trying to expand it and, and make it as user-friendly as possible.
3: How, I mean, on YouTube with those first episodes, how have they been doing and how's the reaction been from your perspective?
1: Oh, you know, it's, it is a really interesting thing. Cause I, um, I have definitely am super curious to find out what everybody's thinking and, have been, you know, looking at, at things people are saying. That's the cool thing about the Internet is, you, you know, people are out there talking. And there's definitely strong opinions on all sides of the fence, which I think is cool. I mean, I know for me the thing that makes me really happy when I see um, stories on social media or comments on various various places online, um, you know, there's so many people talking about it. That's huge. That's such a big deal. Um, the thing that's cool is when I see people talking about how their neighbors' kids are interested. They're suddenly asking him, like, "Oh, you're the guy next door that knows about Star Wars. Um, who's this? What's this character's name?" And they're they're really getting engaged. That's like that's really cool. Um, when you hear about uh, families watching the show together, that those, those are the kind of reactions that that make me really happy. And when I hear fans picking up on, for example, when um, the the first short that came out, "The Sands of Jakku," when when fans are picking up on not the fact that. Ray's fighting a giant sand monster, but she's being kind to it and feeding him. And then later on, he pays back that kindness that people are picking up on that. Again, going back to the idea of the decisions the characters make and how that reflects their moral feelings, that's so important to me and it's important to all of us working on the show. And so anytime people are picking up on that, that's a, that's a huge victory, and, and it's, it, it makes me really happy.
3: So you said you said a little earlier that the doing it the shorts versus TV was sort of a chicken and the egg situation. Is it, is it something that like Disney sort of wanted to see how they'd play out on YouTube before they got into television or, but I mean, that doesn't even make sense because it was all part of the plan from the beginning. Like what was the.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily to, 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 I mean, I, I don't, I hadn't heard in particular, but I don't think it had anything to do with, let's see how it does if, you know, and then find out what happens next. I know it's always been a plan to have, these anthology um, stories be um, be half-hour, half two-half-hour groupings. Um, and I think as it became more clear what these stories were going to be, that it was going to be Ray and BB-8 on Jakku in a time you know that fits the timeline of The Force Awakens, or it's going to be Leia and Chewie and R2 with a wampa between Star Wars and Empire Shrek, said, Holy cow, how cool is that? It's so great. Um, when those things started to coalesce and become... You know, when, when the narrative started to make um, themselves more clear, I think it pretty quickly, I'm guessing, became um, clear that there's going to be an opportunity to have these show in a bunch of different places, and because there's so many people looking at content on on YouTube, I think the Disney um, YouTube avenue was just kind of a no brainer for that.
3: Um, with
1: does that make sense? Is that, yeah, that no, yeah, question? no that,
3: that 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 makes that makes perfect sense, and I'm wondering. Um, working in 2D versus 3D and longer Mm -hmm. format, which is actually kind of weird because Clone Wars has always been, or Rebels has always been, uh, the stuff Filoni has been doing, has always been shorter Mm -hmm. format Star Wars. But from your perspective, Mm -hmm. as far as working on it, that's longer format. So how is it like moving from longer format Star Wars in that case to shorter format like this?
1: Right. So from going from longer format to medium format to short format Yes. I think that there's, um, I, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I know, um, I, as you know, as a creator and as a fan, I love both short, you know, like these for the forces of destiny, we really approach them like their little parables, their little myths, their little teachable moments that can be digested easily is really cool. Um, but also, you know, the slightly longer format of rebels, and not only just as an individual episode, of Rebels, but just the, you know, long spanning narrative of those characters through all the seasons of Rebels, that, you know, that I think that's where fans really get attached to characters. That's where I really love Sabine and you see her growth through the different seasons and getting a chance to, you know, shoot episodes with Sabine and, and deal with Sabine. It's so great. And then now to have Sabine in in uh, Forces of Destiny and, and being able to work with Tia Sarkar, such an amazing actress, it's just this awesome thing. So the the bigger story with Sabine is really is really key. And I think, um, you know, if anything, I'm, I'm guessing that some of the strong opinions on both sides of forces of destiny is that people want to see those bigger stories. And that's great. I mean, I think there's, um, I think we all do, we all want to, you know, do whatever we can with these characters, but it is really cool to start with these smaller moments in their lives. And I know that is the, the focus and the point of forces of destiny. So who knows in the, in the future, what those might be, but I, I think it's fascinating to see different kinds of stories with, these characters that we know and love and, and, and tell just different kinds of stories.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, my daughter's two and she watches a lot of like her viewing ah. habits are pretty much Sesame street on YouTube. And so that's amazing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, i say that's amazing. Oh. I love it.
3: Um, so being able to show these to her, I mean, she watched these on a loop, like as soon as they were out oh, cool. for like an hour, I, I would, she'd probably watch them all day if I let her, um,
1: Oh, that's so cool!
3: Um, so, what's, the, I,
1: what's her what's her favorite, Brian?
3: Uh, you know what? She's really gravitated toward Ahsoka fighting the uh, the robot in Ahsoka's first episode. Um, oh yeah, that's the one she really gravitated toward. I thought she would have been more into Ray. Um, although she hasn't <laughs> seen Force Awakens, she really loves BB-8. Um, oh yeah, that's great. And she really liked Chewbacca as a teddy bear for the Womp. Ah,
1: that's cool. That is that is so cool. Interesting segue on that one. I know um, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, like fan art and different imagery, even some of the like uh, tops cards for Star Wars that shows Chewbacca versus the Wampa with claws out and fighting. And the really interesting thing, um, you know, talking to Filoni in particular and just the whole story group about Chewbacca is that his character is much more like Peter Mayhew than most people realize. So the fact that in that story, he's kind of, um, you know, he's in, 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 the episode we did the beast of echo base, the fact that he's trapped and Leia saves him is actually really on point for his character. And it's an, it's an interesting, interesting study, but that's still fantastic with, um, with your daughter. It's, it's, uh, another thing that was really cool. Speaking of, um, speaking of Ray, when we were at star Wars celebration earlier this year, um, I got to go down there with, um, my business partners, Rocky and Alan, and meet up with Dave down there, um, and see the panel and everything. And I was really, we were just continually blown away by how many young cosplay rays there were. And Sabine, there were so many little girls running around so excited to be dressed as Ray, whether it's the, you know, the off the shelf costume or a homemade cosplay, just to be there and interacting with everyone. There was so many rays. It was blown away. And we were looking at each other saying, this is, well, oh, this is, this is our audience. This is incredible. We can't wait to see how everybody reacts, and that's—it's just great to hear the story of your, do- you know, how your daughter watches them. And I've heard a lot of those kind of stories, and that's—that's that's a huge thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, it makes it a lot easier for people like me to share them with their kids because I'm kind of—I'm trying to hold off showing her the movies until she's older, um, sure, so she can understand them. But this is like perfect to show her. Um, yeah, that's so cool. So, as far as, um. Forces of Destiny as well. I'm curious about one thing. Um code three ten. Okay. Um what were they taking that loath cat for? Was it really a health and safety Ooh. issue?
1: Ooh, code three one zero? Yeah. That is possibly more information than I can divulge right now, but just <laughs> <Okay>. suffice <laughs> to say that stormtroopers are not nice guys. Don't pretend any any otherwise. So that, that would they were not being cool. Um and, uh, all we, all we know is Jin Jin. no matter how undercover she's going to be at that point in her life, the fact that she saw what was going down and helped that kid all the way to getting Tukey back, back to her is like, um, was an amazing story to storyboard and to be able to work with Felicity Jones on that was, was so cool. Um, and, and as we produced that episode, it was, it was super fun, but yeah, I, uh, I am obsessed with all of the minutia and the details. And so I totally appreciate the question. I wish I could give you a more full answer, but just suffice to say that, uh, stormtroopers are not cool.
3: Um, so uh, another question I've got to ask, um, Fen Rao, any relation? Okay.
1: Oh, oh my goodness. So there's, there's a story for everything. You'll, you're going to, you're going to get tired of all the stories I'm telling. I'm, I'm sure. Never, but, um, never. <laughs> that's, you're too kind, Brian. Um, no. So, Finn Rao, that is amazing. Um, one of the episodes I had the great pleasure of being episodic director was The Protector of Conquered Dawn, the first time that Finn Rao shows up in Rebels. Um, and I know, I think right around the same time, there was, um, he was he appeared in a comic, and it was so cool when there's synergy in the stories like that. Um, but I had heard about, there's a Mandalorian episode, and the way it, it works is there's uh, teams of episodic directors that work with storeboard artists and, you know, will... Go through the production pipeline of an episode really closely with Dave and all the production staff, and then move on to the next episode once that one, once the first one is done. So, um, you kind of hear about some of the scripts that are coming up. And when I knew there was a Mandalorian episode, secretly hoping our team would get a chance to work on it. So, very excited that we got to work on that one. Um, and in one of the earliest design meetings, um, I was I was in a meeting with the key designers and with Floney and producers and going over designs, design assignments before we even started the storyboard. Um, and this character came up and he was really, um, you know, described by Dave as this, you know, this, this cool, this cool cowboy kind of Mandalorian attitude guy. It was really cool. And then the name though, he wasn't super thrilled with, and I, I wish I could remember what the name was, but it was an early form and this happens a lot on shows. It definitely happens, um, in, you know, in the Star Wars universe that things, every little detail counts, of course. So trying to figure out how to name this guy. And Dave, he, he's, uh, he definitely has a lot of fun in, in every meeting. And, and sometimes he has fun trying to make people comfortable. So in my case, um, he, I happened to be in his line of sight. And there was, there was a, a great designer at the time working on the show named Chris Glenn. And me and Chris were sitting next to each other. And he said, Glenn... Row, Yeah, Glenn Rao, that's the new name of this guy. And Chris is like, no, 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 I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to be involved in me being just too dumb. I'm like, That sounds great. I'm in, let's do it. And I thought Dave was just joking and then later on when I got the, the script it had been changed to Finn Rao and and I thought, like, wait a minute, this must still be an elaborate prank from Dave. There's no way this is gonna gonna go down. But it it uh it stuck, which was amazing and, and he tried to make me as uncomfortable as possible, but I didn't care, it was worth it. It was so great to have a character with our name and when I couldn't wait to tell my older brother who's been a lifelong fan of Star Wars with me, like I was saying earlier, to tell him that there's a character with our family name and it's even spelled the same way. Um, I, but I, of course, couldn't, couldn't say anything until, um, until the episode came out and the first person I sent the, uh, um, the Star Wars, uh, data bank in um, entry 2 was my brother like, oh, you got to check this out, and he in his mind is still blown to this day. It's it's really crazy. And then um, there is a Hasbro figure of Finn Rao that's out there. I don't have him yet, but I'm gonna have to get my hands on it. But it's really really cool, really nerdy.
3: I've been trying to track one down too, and I haven't been able to find one.
1: Yeah, it's hard to find. I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to keep looking, I guess.
3: Um, you probably know people that that could help. I'm sure
1: no oh. no no i don't I, I go out of my way to not ask for 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 favors we 're lucky enough just to be able to work in this in this universe so i uh i i 'm not going to push it i don't
3: i don 't blame you. i don't oh, blame we'll,
1: we'll...
3: with um forces of destiny there's been um, i think one of the most positive aspects i mean there 's no negative aspect of forces of destiny, but one of the most positive is the focus on um, Female characters and female representation oh, yeah. in, in Star Wars, um, and as a father of two daughters, that's something that's very important to me to see in Star Wars. How was that approached from the beginning on Forces of Destiny, and, and through the process?
1: Oh, that's a that's a great question, and I have a daughter of my own, um, and it's it's a big deal. I mean, I know um, just in general in storytelling, there's it's well I, I guess one really great way to boil it down. I know at the at the celebration panel, I think um, when uh, when Tia Sirkar and Ashley Eckstein, of course, plays Ahsoka, we 're talking about it with dave and and uh, with amy ratcliffe the The thing that came out that was so on the nose for how we 're doing this whole thing is that unfortunately, there is an imbalance in the stories that are told in popular media um, in our popular culture, an imbalance of a lack of, um, heroin stories. So that's, that's why we're making it. We have to do it. And I think the thing that's really true is it will be great when we get to a point where we don't have to make a point of it. Um, for me, and again, as a father of a daughter and, and just seeing the way things are out there, it is a point we definitely, of course, um, an important aspect of this initiative and and we're so happy to, to celebrate that. And yet at the same time, um, when we're making these stories, uh, it's so easy to get excited about Leia and Ray and Sabine, and Hera and Ketsu and, and Padme and Ahsoka. Oh my gosh, Ahsoka! How cool is she? It's so excited to get excited about these characters. Um, if they're definitely our stories, we're telling that are not just female um, focus, but you know, as a as a creator, I think it is just a really, of course, important thing that we that we need to be pushing until we don't have to be pushing it anymore. Um, but it, uh, the thing I was going to say at, at the end of the day, we are just telling. You know, our goal is to just tell good stories about interesting characters, no matter what their gender, race, religion, species, whatever it is. We just want to tell compelling, cool stories. And so getting a chance to tell stories with moral values that have a point and that we still get to cinematically um, build drama and have a resolution, even though it's only two or three minutes, um, is really the focus of it. So we can't let um, a message necessarily... um, drive it all the way through it's an important point we want to push but we're just trying to tell good stories at the end of the day
3: is that interesting then for you um, in the you know sort of the, the orbit of things that surround Star Wars like there are mm-hmm. action figures and dolls of the designs of characters that your company put together for this like how uh, how does that hit you
1: yeah no that's that's ridiculous that's how that hits me it's ridiculous but um, I mean I'm such a not only was I half raised by Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew, but I was half raised by the Hasbro toy company with all of the GI Joe figures I bought, and as well as the, the spirit of Kinner that they carried forward with Star Wars. But I mean, I, Hasbro is awesome. I love the, the stuff they do, and it's really, it's really um, interesting to see the way that this process went in the early phases. There was design, um, there was design happening for animation and for for products and so there was a lot of communication back and forth to um, to drive how we made decisions um, and I know for the for the hello hey very sorry about that Brian I do not know what happened but thanks for uh, thanks for calling me back
3: oh no 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 problem um, I think we were somewhere in the middle of uh, toys.
1: Oh, toys. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where where I left off. But, uh, you know uh, what? Another, I've got another
3: oh question. God. We can we can jump into that, and I, I don't have much time left anyway uh, with you. But okay. uh, I'm just wondering if you can kind of give me an overview of what the the creative process was like on Forces of Destiny, how that might have differed from other things you've worked on. Hmm.
1: Okay. No, that's that's a great question. um how the creative process differed. Well, um, you know, on one hand for 2d animation, the, you know, the way the production goes is there's definitely a a tried and true way. We're always trying to find a way to make things as efficient as possible. But, um, on this project, because these characters are so important and so relevant to everybody, I know that the creative, um, you know, the creative team at Lucasfilm was so key to get their Attitude's right. And, you know, the casting has been so amazing to get all the real deal actors across, across the board from the films and from the animated series. Um, and in the, the cases where we had new actors are just so fantastic. It's just an amazing, amazing cast. So that, that part is definitely very different than a lot of other projects I've worked on, except for rebels being notable exception. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, and I think all along the way that, that holds up when we were able to get our friend that we worked at work with, Echo spot Ryan Shore to do the score. Um, you know, we were able to introduce him, and everybody at Lucasfilm was really excited about his work. And he's done such an amazing, fantastic job on these shorts. It's definitely not easy to um, take, you know, the uh, the different themes of these, all these amazing characters, and just Star Wars themes in general, and, and boil them down to these quick little stories. It's definitely a collaboration of creatives to get that happening. But Ryan has been so amazing. And then for the sound design at Skywalker Sound. I mean, it's, it's the real deal of Skywalker Sound and Dave Acord up there. He's so awesome. Not only the voice of some of our stormtroopers, um, and as well as Tito, he's so good at that, but such great sound design that's being done there. So this project is getting the real deluxe treatment, our final color correction done by Joel Aron and Sean Wells that work on rebels. They're so great. So we're in that regard, we're getting to work with some of the best of the best as we're making this project. And I mean, of course it goes without saying that that's, that's Dave and and Carrie as well, right at the top. So that part has been really great. Um, And then when it comes to doing design, I mean, really the, the challenge is us as fans, not to be intimidated by working with these great characters and to make something that's going to serve these stories as as good as we can. And so, you know, to that end, when we were looking at the design uh, and talking to Dave, a lot about it, we wanted to make something that had, depth and dimension but not overly so and wanted to make something that looked different than other um, animated versions of star wars that have come before it so we would go with this idea of making things simple and yet dimensional not simple and and uh, uh and flat or complicated and dimensional which is a, is a totally different thing but to keep it simple and yet dimensional has been a driving force for the character design and for the way that we're integrating ships and props and blasters um, and, uh, even, you know, as we use that stuff, we're, we're using a lot of, you know, it's a 2d show. We're using a lot of 3d assets as our, um, beginning of our layout. And then we, uh, design over the top of those and animate as 2d, as 2d elements. But, um, all the little things that, that we figure out that on any project that you go into, it's always a little different. Um, and so there's, there's things to learn and there's discoveries that get made, but, um, it's, so I'm not sure if I'm answering these questions. No, you yeah, absolutely uh, earlier not, but uh, but all of these things have gone into, again, keeping our our uh, you know our eye on the prize, which is we want to tell stories that highlight these characters' attitudes and their moral fiber and celebrate how that's a heroic um, endeavor, and that's that's just driven everything we've done.
3: So I've got two quick questions left for you. Um, Once okay, clarity. no, I love it. One sort of nerdy and one sort of behind-the-scenes-y. Um, the nerdy one, the episode where Ahsoka gets that uh, advancement ceremony where Yoda gives her those extra Padawan braids uh, beads. Oh, yeah. Um, that looks like it's set in that courtyard on the, in the Jedi Temple with the Force Tree where Yoda had his vision at the end of the Clone Wars uh, where everything was sort of mm-hmm. nice. Like, w- w- what sort of... Uh, Design or What sort of creative back-and-forth goes on to make those sorts of callbacks? Mm.
1: No, that there's a lot of, of back-and-forth. There's a lot of um, reference. I mean, Lucasfilm is so fantastically archived and, and set up so that when we early phases, we're talking about um, that episode and where the ceremony might take place and what part of Coruscant um Ahsoka is in at the beginning and how we can contrast the difference between her hectic, messy situation and the serenity of the Jedi courtyard with that beautiful tree and Yoda and Anakin and the way that that everything went from the script from Jin Muro all the way down through design in that episode, all the way to the way the actors were reading their lines and the way the music and the way the sound design went, all of the animation and background production. Production was trying to get that contrast working. Um, so when we knew we were going to use that that courtyard and any you know any part of the Jedi Temple and any part of Coruscant, we gleefully, nerdily were asking, knocking on the door of of every asset we could get reference from uh, Lucasfilm, and they're so awesome over there um, to to work with and to be able to have that and match as closely as we could while interpreting it in our style it was so fun and. Every, I mean, pretty much every episode, I could say the same thing. But that uh, that tree's a big deal, and we we spend a, uh, a lot of care with it.
3: And then, and then, the last question I've got for you, because I know uh, we've got to we've got to wrap this up. Um, ah, shoot. <laughs> um, we could do this all day <laughs> if it were up to me. Um, I the, mean,
1: I, I I could talk forever, but yeah,
3: yeah. Um, the first half is out, and you know, the reaction's been positive for you personally. What's the measure of success for this? What's the measure of, uh, that, that, that this was the hit that you wanted it to be?
1: Mm, that is an outstanding question. Um, and I'll try to parse through that as best I can, because as a, um, as a director, as a creative um, creator working with all of our friends at Luke's Film and all of my amazing crew here at GoSpot and fellow directors um, really the the success are those things I was talking about when you see and I and i i've been so busy i I honestly no lie have not had a chance to do a thorough of a dive and see what all the every little in and outs of what people are saying probably will never be able to to do all of that but the things that have, have been called to my attention where you see um, you know you see pictures of similar to what it sounds like your experience with your daughter, you know, just hearing that story or seeing people, um, have their kids just totally glued to the TV, watching these stories unfold is like, that's it. That's the victory. That's, that's the whole point. I mean, we want, and and it goes to that idea that if we can make these little cinematic parables that are teachable moments that have any effect at any point on anybody's life, that's, that's it. And so to see, um, kids, be interested in that. And as a Star Wars fan to be the entry point for them to potentially someday when you're showing, you know, the original trilogy and prequel trilogy and all of the new movies with, you know, to your daughter, like that's, that's great as a fan, you know, when you're at celebration with all the other fans, that's Star Wars, that's so fun. So the fact that we're contributing to that, even in a small way, has a huge profound effect on us as, as creators. And I, and I love it. And as far as, you know, the thing that's difficult to parse, sure, there's, Numbers And I'm not super up on what that means as far as views or, or how, you know, hopefully, you know, as, as a Star Wars fan myself that loves to buy, um, Black Series Hasbro and put them on my desk and, and pretend that I'm not playing with them, that they're all referenced and they kind of are now. It's, it's weird. Um, but if anybody is enjoying the Force of Destiny dolls like that, that's so amazing. And I, uh, they, they look really, they look really cool. Those dolls look really, and I shouldn't say dolls. I believe it, adventure figures any which way you want to call them. They're really cool. Um, so if, if, uh, you know, if fans are, are interested in that, that that's great, but I'm not, um, that's a thing I, I don't know. I'm sure there's, there's data that would answer that in a more mathematical way, but, um, maybe just being the softy that I am, I just, I just am, am, already, we're all high-fiving with how receptive, um, people have been to this series. And, and like I said, to hear stories like you, shared with your daughter, you know, watching, watching it over and over. That's it. That's, that's the, that's the, that's what we're doing it for. We love it.
3: Yeah, no, I, I can't wait for, for more of them to come out and hope, uh, awesome. I hope, I hope Jar Jar makes an appearance. I think Jar Jar's made for 2D. I just had to throw Ooh. that in there.
1: Right? Ooh, I, I can't say yes or no, but I do love Gungans.
3: <laughs> I, uh, it's just one of those things like, especially with YouTube, like, uh, my daughter, who's two, she loves Jar Jar, and I'm just terrified of the day she's going to try to YouTube Jar Jar. <laughs> so if there were a whole yeah. bunch of episodes of Forces of Destiny or Jar Jar's own Chaplin-esque show, I wouldn't have to worry about all the horrible oh. things she might see.
1: There you go. I mean, we can we can try. We can try. <laughs> now, I, I. It's funny, because when, uh, when The Phantom Ennis came out, my son was two years old, um, and so... A year later, or eight months later, whenever it came out on, uh, we we got the VHS. I mean, I'm super ancient here talking about all this stuff, but um, uh, I'm,
3: not, I'm not much younger than you at all.
1: <laughs> he, nice, um, but uh, yeah, my son loved Jar Jar. He totally loved Jar Jar, and he used to have this um, this uh, he, this chant. He would just say Jar Jar Binks, Jar Jar. Bing. He loved Jar Jar so much, and so we we watched a lot. A Santa Minus on uh, on THX VHS and uh, and he was the he it was like he, he became a fan it was it was awesome.
3: Yeah, I I think my my youngest daughter's in that in that boat too. So hopefully one day they'll get more representation in the uh, in in all the the animation.
1: I'm right there. I'm right there with you. In the meantime, we'll have to play as Gungans in Battlefront Two on TV. I'm,
3: if when when and if that happens, I will I will squeal in delight
1: yes yes me too and that's the fun thing my son who's now 20 we you know we're uh, we we played so much uh of the original battlefront one and two as gungans versus uh droids and, and whatnot that uh that uh we we uh we, we we're excited about the new battlefront absolutely
3: yeah my my oldest son's 15, and that's, like, the thing he's waiting for. That was the one panel at Celebration he had to go to. Like, didn't care about the uh, movies, okay. didn't care about the animation. It was Battlefront 2 when they showed him Battle Droids and Gungans. He about lost his mind. That's amazing.
1: It's amazing. And I'm now I'm now, I'm, now I'm getting embarrassed because I don't... Could you even play as Gungans in the original Battlefront? I I, I know...
3: Uh, I never I, played them, actually. Or, or I was... Of... My son okay. was too young. I don't young. think you could. I'm... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, I remember oh, playing
1: correct. on on feed as as clones versus droids, and I believe you could shoot Gungans. I think, that's what but you could. So yeah, I, uh, I've uh, I've embarrassed myself on that front. So I don't know if you'll ever be able to play as a Gungan, but if I can see a Gungan on feed, I will be excited.
3: Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, thank you, thank you so much for talking to me. This has been a great chat, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do it again. Oh, sometime. Awesome.
1: That's fantastic. Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks for the great questions. And I'd love to talk
3: again. It's it's way too fun. So that was that was the interview. I, I wish I could have spent more time with him. I mean, the guy's a huge Star Wars nerd. And you can tell that the passion for not just what he's doing in Star Wars, but Star Wars itself uh, is really important to him. And I really love that there's fans on the inside. Uh, it makes me believe that one day I'll get on
2: the inside.
3: I think you I will. You know, will. I, you know I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to jinx it. I think it would be,
2: I think it would, and I'm not just saying this because you're my friend. I think it would be good for star Wars. I really do. I think that it's awesome that we have people on the storyboard and doing directing and writing and doing all these things for star Wars that are star Wars fans. I think that's a huge deal. I don't, I mean, if it's somebody who hasn't done anything in star Wars before, it's nice to have a nice, a different take from them, but somebody that understands why we love star Wars and has that same kind of love. it's, It's, It's cool.
3: You you give me too much credit to think that I could be in that.
2: Oh, my young Padawan! You give yourself not enough credit. But what do you think, Holly? What What do you think? Do you think it helps or hurts to have somebody with uh, some love?
0: Oh, I think it absolutely helps. I mean, it you know, Star Wars is so beloved by so many. I mean, we we clearly have the Star Wars rabies, and we're just a tiny slice of fandom. So it's. I think important to to have people in the mix that really get that and have that same level of devotion and, and adoration.
2: And, yeah. And I imagine so, there's a lot of stress to it too, because you don't want to do it bad. You don't want to do it wrong. I mean, like you said, the, our show is a little tiny slice of, you know, fandom and I don't want to, I don't want to misrepresent star Wars or it's, you know, it's guts, it's insides. I want to, I want to present it well. So I imagine, you know, directing some rebels or doing forces of destiny or you know making the han solomon that's a lot of stress on all of the cast and all of the people behind the scenes
3: yeah um i'm wondering mike so holly and i talked a little bit about it before all the episodes were out last time we talked about it um you've watched it uh how did anya react actually that's what i'm i'm curious about how did you like them and how did anya react to them did did brad super fan screw it up for you
2: no, you know me here late. I, I'm happy with any kind of Star Wars we can get. And I've learned in my life to not have my expectations too high because then it's easier for you not, not to reach those expectations. So I've just been plugging along the last couple of years and I'm really happy that we're in this position and we're getting, you know, new movies and we're getting new shows. And so with Forces of Destiny, I wasn't like foaming at the mouth for it, but I was, you know, I was interested and excited to see it. And and I have to say, they they did a really good job. I think the Ewok episode I really, really liked. I, I liked how they used Leia in that episode. And I just think the stories are really, they're, they're tight. You know, it's not all over the place. And it goes by real fast. It's like watching an episode of Rebels where, you know, that's 22 minutes that went by in the blink of an eye. So I enjoyed the animation, which I didn't know if I would or not. Because much like with Rebels, like I was so used to Clone Wars animation that when they switched to Rebels, like Zeb's eyes, and there were some things that bothered me. But now, you know, years later, I I love the animation on Rebels, and I really like the animation style that they're doing on Forces of Destiny. To to speak of what Anya thought about them, she absolutely loves them. She's watched them more than I have. Um, I've walked by her on her iPad at least five or six times over the last couple days, and she always has one of the episodes on and she's sitting there and she's laughing at it with her headphones on and um she said that she likes the animation as well. She likes the stories. She likes seeing Ray. She likes seeing uh Masconata and um you know BB eight and all these little stories that kinda tie things together for her. So I think as I mean I've actually even heard her on the phone with her friends who aren't quite there on her level of, you know, Star Wars enjoyment. She's trying to get them into it and i think that you know listen to her on the phone and explaining it to her friends and then her sending them the links and then she's like tying together why this uh, character is important like hearing her on the phone and talking these things out i actually like that she's being an ambassador for star wars i like that that's fantastic what about scout anakin have they been watching it
3: um scout anakin watched them like a couple of times with valkyrie Valkyrie's the one who's really keyed into it
2: that's what i was wondering i was if uh if this is her entry into really liking it
3: valkyrie's thing like in the mornings um and this is i'm hearing this sort of uh second hand because i'm not usually around at this point but uh, when she wakes up she'll crawl into bed with my wife and steal her phone instead of waking her up (laughs) and (laughs) she knows how to activate youtube and get youtube going and so she'll just watch like my wife's got like just playlists. Uh, like she logs into her YouTube account, so it's just playlists of like people opening toy packaging, like little kid toys, and talking about the colors that are in it, or or videos of just shapes and colors and stuff. So like YouTube is her jam at this point too, and so setting her up with the playlist of these episodes, she watched them over and over and over again, like six or seven times, and. I was curious that the episode that she really keyed in on was the, the one with, and and I told this to Brad in the interview, uh, was the one with Ahsoka, um, the first one with Ahsoka, not the one with Ahsoka and Padme, although I really like that one because I like seeing those two teamed up, but, uh, the one with Ahsoka fighting that battle droid. And, uh, if she's watched all of the videos four times, she's probably watched that one ten. Um, and, and she just really likes it and says Ahsoka now. And that's like a character that I could never, I, I, I tried a couple of times to say like, hey, maybe Clone Wars is for you. And she never really got into it. But as soon as she watched that episode over and over and over again, I put on the Clone Wars movie and showed her Ahsoka's introduction. Just sort of fast forwarded to that part. And that was the first time she actually just sat and watched Clone Wars when Jar Jar wasn't on the screen.
2: I actually love that at two years old, she's navigating. I know. YouTube, And she knows exactly <laughs> what she's looking for. It isn't accidental. The
3: funniest thing is watching her skip ads. Yeah. Um, because she knows when an ad is around, which is something that like I was always told scientists have told have taught us that like kids can't determine ad content under the age of eight. But Valkyrie seems to know, and, and that button that says skip this ad, she will sit there and just mash it until it lets her skip the ad, which is That's the awesome. funniest thing in the
2: world. So if it's not the five-second one, it's a little bit longer. She's probably just tapping away for 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cute, And That's it really frustrates cute.
3: her when it doesn't skip to the content. She <laughs> too.
2: That's awesome. I um did want to bring up, too, I I, I had some conversations with people over, um, it was on Facebook somewhere. And then a couple people texted me about it, asking me about Forces of Destiny. And, I, you know, I have no problem if somebody wants to email me or text me or or Facebook message me or whatever and and ask me about anything Star Wars. I am always more than happy to to share my opinion and and, uh, be your Sherpa up that Star Wars mountain about certain things. Um, A lot of people were worried about, you know, it's just a YouTube show and they're short and they don't really mean much. They don't really... They're not overly excited about it, and I want to point out that I heard somebody say about this about getting soundalikes. It's not soundalikes. Ashley X Nine, Catherine Tabor, Daisy Ridley, Felicity Jones, John Boyega, Lapita Nuango, Matt Lanard, uh, Tia Sikar Vanessa Marshall, Tom Kane, Anthony Daniels. So it's a star-studded cast with these. I mean, they're they're using the proper voices. They, I, I mean, that's a That's a huge that they that they went that in depth with it. I
3: think. One of the things that Star Wars fans, the more Star Wars stuff there is, um, the more fans are going to need to realize that, like, there's going to be Star Wars stuff that's not for you. Yeah. Um. Right. Like, I read the um, the like the We're in the Resistance books by by uh, Acker and Blacker, mm-hmm. that first one, and I just didn't enjoy it all that much, and it's so clearly not aimed for me that I know the only reason I'm reading it is for the information that I want out of the universe Mm -hmm. and not necessarily to, um, and that's the enjoyment I get out of it, not necessarily because the story is exciting or thrilling or I really care about the characters. And there's going to be a lot more Star Wars that's designed for different sorts of people that isn't going to be for us and we can take it or leave it, but that doesn't take away from our experience with Star Wars. And I don't necessarily think we should be like, you know, you haven't heard me on the show going like, man, this book series of middle grade books was just not for me. And It's like, of course, they're middle grade books and I'm a 37 year old man. Um, But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people I've seen that with Forces of Destiny where people are saying like, oh, it's not working. Like, why would they do this? This is a bad idea. Why YouTube? Why so short? Why so uh, female centric? And it's just like,
2: I love it. I, that's kids, one of the great things.
3: Yeah. Kids like mine who are watching more youtube than tv yeah uh you know a scout watches like i bought i bought scout a kindle for her birthday a kindle fire and put on like amazon prime and youtube and netflix and or i was going to put on netflix and i was like do you need netflix on this she's like no i've got youtube like i don't need it i don't need it and she doesn't watch <laughs> the sort of programming that you or I would watch. She's not watching right. scripted dramas. She's watching Minecraft videos and Five Nights at Freddy's playthroughs, and yeah, um, seeing that YouTube like, um, make it yourself DIY sort of content. That's what she's into.
2: Yeah, and it's 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 really interesting, and it's important that you bring that up because had I if I didn't have an 11 year old daughter, I wouldn't understand that either. But she has her iPad with her. She does all her chores and all the things that she's supposed to do in her practices and all that. And then she has her iPad and she doesn't play her DS as much as she used to, or doesn't play the iPad games as much as she used to, or Xbox or whatever. It's YouTube. And like you said, Minecraft videos, I remember her and scout were watching them like crazy when we were down in uh, Orlando, but you know, she keeps watching the forces of destiny and it's, and it's a different, it's a different market. It's a different age and it's, and I would not understand that if I didn't have her, the other thing I wanted to point out with, cause I was talking about all the, the voice actors and everybody doing these. Um, I love that. It's, it's, it's female centric or whatever the word would be. Um, absolutely hundred percent, not just for her, but as a father for her, you know, I love that, but getting to hear more Ashley or Catherine yeah. or definitely Vanessa Marshall. That's awesome for me. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think too, one of the things that has become really interesting to me, cause I don't have kids, but I certainly have lots of friends that do and just Recently, I had been working on a shoot with uh a, a several people at work that have kids, and I was like, "Are you guys watching this?" And they're like, "No." And they had each individually gone home and and shown them to their kids. One has a little boy who I think is six, and the other has a daughter who is four and a half or five. And both of them the next day were like, "Oh my gosh, this is perfect for them. It's like short enough that they don't have to try to focus for too long, but it's like teaching them to get interested in narrative and like." You know, they want to follow it for that long, but they can't sit necessarily and watch always a half hour show or certainly not a two hour (laughs) movie yet. It's like a great introduction in that way. It's like the perfect on ramp to Star Wars.
3: Well, and it's like uh, I'm not showing Valkyrie the movies yet, right? Except for Phantom Menace, which is sort of the the launch pad for the series. And these are great to introduce her to characters and things in Star Wars that are around the iconography she's going to see without blowing the story for her. Like, Ewoks, right? Like, I want to show her Return of the Jedi so bad, but I'm not going to because, A, none of it's going to make sense, and B, um, I want to save it till she's old enough to, like, comprehend that story, but that Ewok episode of Forces of Destiny got her into Ewoks, and and I pulled out all of my Galactic Heroes Ewoks and gave them to her, and she loves them, and, uh, you know, she says Ewoks now like yeah. she's into them and she recognizes them on the posters and stuff. So it's it's helping me as a Star Wars parent uh introduce her to stuff in a way that doesn't do it too early to blow the story for her.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's a great thing and I, and I and I've really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see more.
0: And soon we'll have books.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a and couple dolls. weeks away
0: from those. I got my Leia doll. Or my adventure figure, I'm pretty excited. I haven't taken her out of the packaging yet because I, she's so perfect.
2: Did you post a picture of it yet?
0: Yes, I put it on Twitter.
3: I'm um, a little afraid. Like the price point on those is shockingly high for other do- other adventure well, figures. In that, well, in that but the
0: thing is, range. like the one, like the Leia that I got was, uh, I think the the list price is thirty four ninety nine, so thirty five. But it's Leia. It's an Ewok. And it's an additional outfit, and then it's tiered. So, like, some will be just the doll, and it's 19.99, I think. And then there's like a a middle range one that would be 25. So they're not all going to be at the same. High. the The initial ones that are rolling out are those ones that have the two characters in a different outfit. So they are coming in higher, and I think that spooked people. But is
2: that like Leia and Vader in one of them? Is that right?
0: Oh, I don't, I don't know. There's a Leia. My Leia is indoor Leia with the Ewok, and it has her. She's in her little fatigues outfit with the cute little cool. blue pants with the yellow stripe and the, the camo poncho. And then it comes with the dress. You can change it.
2: Maybe it was a D23 thing that somebody showed me. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I also wanted to bring up, um, I cracked open Christy Golden's Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad this weekend. Oh, I'm got jealous. To do that? I have
3: not received a copy yet. And uh, as soon as I do, I will be devouring it. We've uh, talked
2: about this before. I'm closer to New York, so yeah. I guess I get it faster. Um, so far, so good. I, I like Christy Golden's writing, so um, I'm really excited to get to the end of it. So um, let's have a discussion about that at some point. Yeah, yes, I have
0: I have the audio book pre-ordered, so I am ready, Freddy.
2: Awesome. So on and off show, you know. So just you know, text. Well, me. we'll talk about it. There was some other huge stuff that
3: uh, we haven't. We've been kind of holding off on talking about between D23 and. San Diego Mm -hmm. (laughs) comic-con and uh (laughs) you know those are those are (laughs) big deals and everybody's probably looking at uh looking at us going like are you or are you not going to talk about that stuff guys what the hell's going on
2: well we have plans
3: We we do
0: exciting plans
3: so next week we've booked a guest uh that was there and will be able to tell us all about these things
2: and a guest that you love very very much. Yeah,
3: I guess that we all love very very much. Uh
0: I'm so excited.
3: Me too. So so just to to let that cat out of the bag uh at this point and who knows anything can happen between now and the time we recorded uh but so I'm always loath to uh announce people we're having on, but I feel comfortable with this one. Uh Amy is coming yes. back to tell us about D23 next week and sort of yes. give us the first-hand scoop. Mm-hmm. Um and you can get Sort of her version of it already uh that's a little bit more generalized to all the Disney stuff on her podcast, the Disney diet yep. um, but uh we're gonna get the the Star Wars stuff in the way that only Amy can give us. I know I can't wait I'm so so excited that,
2: that can't come fast enough
3: we were we were talking, Mike, and uh when the Disney Star Wars hotel opens, the immersive experiences oh yeah. We're going to have to go full West World with the full of Sith show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I
0: was telling Brian I want us to have, like, clandestine recording in the characters they give us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like we ha- all have to meet in someone's room and have a discussion about the galactic events unfolding before us.
2: 100% yes. Yay! You, you can hear no from me. Um, One one other thing before we go real quick. I wanted to share a story with you guys. On um, Friday night, yeah, it was Friday night, we, um, Ariana I guess for Christmas last year, Ariana got me a Trivial Pursuit Star Wars. I already had the old one, but she got me the new one, which has uh, Force Awakens stuff in it. It comes with like 20 cards with Force Awakens questions. I mean, that's really, it's the same game, different, a little bit of a different look. You got some Force Awakens questions. It says you can either mix these into the deck or save them for something else. So we uh, put them off to the side and those are like the, the end of game questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Ariana, has seen Star Wars many times. She is, I would say she's more of a Star Trek person than a Star Wars person, but she, you know, she, she knows things. She just doesn't have the greatest memory. And Anya is all about it. And of course, me too. So we played the game and Ariana did actually really well. I mean, there was a couple ones where, to be fair, I gave her hints, you know what I mean? But there was a lot of ones that she didn't need hints on and she almost beat us. She got to the centerpiece before I did, which is just amazing to me. And it's nice that, you know, it's fun. It's a fun game to play, and and I, I haven't been able to play it in a while. But I was sitting there and I was playing it with them, and they're like, um, "Oh, you got that one wrong." I'm like, "I'll get a lot of the ones wrong in here." There's there's certain things I don't know the exact name of this obscure character. I said, "I will never play this game with Brian Young." I said, uh, "Hey, here's what? a list of people I won't play Star Wars Tribute pursuit. I like to win, Brian. That's why Brian, Pablo, Matt, Leland, no, some <laughs> of these questions, I wouldn't stand a chance. But it is a fun game, so." I like that they updated it a little bit and uh, had some force. I don't stuff think in there. any
3: of those guys would play though. Right. Yeah. Where it's just like, why do I want to play a game that simulates my every day at work?
2: Yeah. Well, but if you want to really <laughs> just as in the mood to, to destroy some people, say, having a party and you say you know what i'm gonna smoke you all
0: right they have to be a sleeper like you have to play with somebody who thinks they're really into star wars but doesn't know who any of those
2: people are yeah exactly like they're talking crap oh i'm the best star wars yeah. person in the world can you just
3: imagine leland in, as like the hustler and sort of like the <laughs> <billion tall> equivalent <laughs> of a star wars trivial pursuit then yeah
2: it. We're it would like, be awesome
0: we're like already you know teasing out the the plot of our film which is like a version of rounders but it's,
2: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> it's much nerdier
2: <laughs> so who would play the um the Ed Norton part we we can get Leland to, to do the Matt Damon part who would be the uh the real hustler part oh Matt Martin Matt Martin right yeah yeah
3: be. yeah I think so and then Pablo's John Malkovich <laughs> I don't know that doesn't I I've seen rounders once and and I don't remember how any of those moving pieces worked but it sounds good
2: I don't know that that mental image it works for me that's really funny cool anyway I just wanted to share that that I thought that it was nice that they updated the game and they're gonna have to continue to update the games over and over and over again they should just sell card packs or something I don't know
3: I uh I want to get it but it's like it's a lot of money for me to spend on a game that no one will play with me Anakin will try to play with me and he'll do really well um but I know i feel bad throwing the game because then it's like he hasn't earned it if he wins
2: yeah they yelled at me because i think the first question i got it wasn't really a hard question and I'm, i just threw out like a weird name on like Umpus pass and i was like you know don't you know the answer to this i'm like oh no i didn't know and then they both yelled at me for throwing it you're not gonna do that i said can i give hints and they're like very like if yes you can give me a hint every once in a while that will make it fair but yeah no they were all over me trying to throw the game yeah, can't be a nice guy, I guess.
3: I feel weird generally about trying to stack Star Wars knowledge in a competitive way. If <laughs> yeah. that makes sense? No, yeah.
0: I completely get it.
3: Like it doesn't matter to me if you know more or less about Star Wars than I do. Uh that's not the sort of fan I am. I don't need to know the most, and I absolutely do not know the most. Um I just have a head for remembering how a lot of it connects. Uh and that's not something I should be winning a game based on.
2: Well, I guess for me, it's I want to play the game. I have fun playing the game. But when we, when I was a young kid, me and my sisters, we used to play regular Trivial Pursuit. And me and my other sister, my older sister, well, because we were older and we were a little smarter, we destroyed everybody else. So it got to a point where if we wanted to play Trivial Pursuit, we could only play each other. And then that got kind of boring. So I don't want to... I, I, again, I don't... Doesn't make me a better fan than you if I know more or less or anything like that. I, I don't judge like that either. I just want to play the game, so I want to even it out a little bit, so it's fun. I don't want to sit there and just answer every question and and be done before there you get the piece. There is
3: something fun though, like where it got to the point where we were playing once, and a friend was just like, "We're gonna stop playing, and I'm just gonna ask you questions and see how long you can go with before missing one."
2: Yeah, that's fun, and that was fun. Yeah. All right, I just want to share that story. I, i i enjoyed playing it and i just wanted to bring it up to everybody if they haven't picked it up yet it does have some force awakens questions in it and uh, i like the look of it it's cool instead of putting the pieces on top like an old trivia pursuit you just stick them into the sides and then you have a really cool like imperial logo on one or the first order logo on another one the jedi symbol the rebellion symbol mm, it's pretty nice. cool yeah all right so is that going to be it for this week's show is that is does that cover everything
0: I think so. We can get in salivating anticipation for next week when we go completely insane talking about all of the D23 and San Diego news.
2: I cannot wait. Um, Brian, again, thanks for uh, doing the interview and sharing it with everybody. That's awesome.
3: I it was trust that it was more my pleasure than anyone else's. <laughs>
2: all right. So, Holly, uh, can you let people know where they can find you and listen to your shows?
0: Sure. Uh, you can come and chat with me on Twitter as Surliest Girl. Uh, I'm also on Instagram as Surly Girly 5, I think. Uh, and then my day job is hosting a podcast called Stuff You Missed in History Class, which can Excellent be found show. at missedinhistory.com. Thank you. You're so sweet. Uh, and that will connect you to all of our social media there. And then I also host a show about fictional history with a certain gentleman named Brian Young.
3: Sounds interesting. Yeah, no, it's. it's- <laughs> It's pretty interesting. Uh, the new episode, actually, uh, is a Star Wars episode. You can listen to us talk about Aqualish culture and famous uh, Aqualands. Excellent. Or Aqualish.
0: I always just say Aqualish. I think of it as pluralizing the same way fish would.
3: Mm-hmm. The,
0: the word fish, not the way fish would make plurals
2: if they could speak. But.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Who knows how fish would make plurals if they could speak? right
2: ish Um, Uh Holly, I do have to say, I, uh, I had the joy of seeming very cool and popular, uh, this past week. I work at a college and, or university to be more accurate. And there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, smart types there, the professors and whatnot. And, um, it was in between some classes. I was out, uh, working on something, showing a professor how to use something. And the three other people there were talking about history podcasts and, all three of them started talking about your history podcast Oh dear! and just podcasting in general. And I was keeping my mouth shut and they were talking and they said, Oh, I, I have to tell you my favorite on this. And I'm not telling you, I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you exact truth. The one guy said, I really like Holly on that show. She's just really, really cool. I love her laugh, blah, 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 you know, all saying nice stuff. And then I had to, you know, I had to interject and I said, well, you know, I said, uh, Holly's a friend of mine. And they're like, yeah, yeah, right. I said, no, I've been listening to her show for years. I said, but I actually do a podcast with her. And um, they didn't believe me. And then they Googled it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you made me look really good. So thank you very much,
0: Holly. Oh, you're so sweet. That is terribly kind. Tell them thank you. I will. Uh, yeah. yeah. I I feel like I'm the lucky one because I get to podcast with you guys. So.
2: <laughs> well, thank you very much. I just, it was a great, uh, great, great moment in Mike's <laughs> life. Brian uh, where can people find your writings
3: Um, people can find my writings at brianyoungfiction.com and uh, that can get you to the whole constellation of places to get my books or short stories or whatever Um, if you want to uh, get my short stories I've got a whole year's worth of short stories actually up on my Patreon already so if you wanted to hit patreon.com forward slash swankmatron there's a lot of really cool stuff there and if I hit 50 people backing me on Swankmatron. I'm going to send everybody the audiobook of Lost of awesome. the Con. So great if book. you like listening to me talk and re- want me to read you a story about convention culture, uh, that's an easy, cheap way to do it. It's actually cheaper than you'd be able to get it on audible.
2: So I don't know which book I like better. Lost of the Con or Operation Montauk, both great books, but I guess it would depend on my mood at the moment when I ask it. Like right yeah. now,
3: yeah, they're very
0: different content.
2: Yeah, Lost in the yeah. Con right now is probably the book I'd pick up right now in my mood. But yeah, great, great writer. You're you doing great um, things. Well, thank you. And then and then just follow me on Twitter at swangmutron. Yeah. Um. Also, happy belated birthday to, to Mister Young. Oh, happy pre birthday to Mister Pilot. There you go. So, um, I uh, hope you had a great time. And um, I keep busting my wife's balls. She doesn't have balls, but. You know, she turned 42 in January and she said something, your birthday's coming up next week. And I'm like, yeah, all this time has passed since your birthday and I'm still not 42, old lady. So that's pretty awesome. That's, you're a
3: terrible husband and I. I'm impressed she's still with you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right. So if you want to find me, you can go to the com or mikepilot.com. It's all the same, same place. Or, um, you know, I'm around Facebook, uh, Twitter everywhere as the mic. If you want to leave us a voicemail, please do use the SpeakPipe app on our website at fullsith.com. Um, you can also record it and email it to us at holocron at com. And um, on fullsith, you can find uh, episode guides and you can find uh, pictures and you can find links and everything that we talk about in the shows. Also, I'm going to say our Twitter's at fullsith, at the mic, at swagmatron, at surliest girl, and then facebook.com slash groups slash fullsith is where you can go on and get in the conversations that we have there on a daily basis and facebook.com slash full of sith like us there and then itunes review stitcher all that good stuff you've heard the show before you know what you should do and if you haven't done it yet bully to you no you should do it we'd appreciate it um that's gonna be it episode 226 of full of sith for my amazing co-host holly fry and brian young i am the mic pilot may the force be with you always
1: But if you'll not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while.
0: Plus.